0: Episode 262, PJ Dixon, Recapturing Your Masculinity. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Every week I start it off with me, myself, and I, and my thoughts on the week.
1: Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it Adam.
0: As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is, men, please do head over to my completely free men's mastermind on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, have some interaction and basically connect with like-minded individuals and that's what it's really all about, please do share review like um, if you have if you have been listening to this for a while and you haven't managed to get a chance to review it please do it makes a huge difference i'd really appreciate that and reach out to me connect i'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world enjoy this week I'll speak to you soon and i look forward to sharing this week's guest the awaken your alpha podcast live limitless Okay, welcome this week. We have PJ Dixon on the line. He's a lifelong motivational speaker, an international life, love, and relationship coach who focuses on getting results. Despite his disability, which was actually expected to take his life when he was seven years old, he chose to live and live very well. PJ truly lives an extraordinary life, sailing, outdoor skydiving, indoor skydiving, trapezing, lining, hiking, mountain biking, climbing, snow skiing. When I saw him, when I met him, he was actually doing a board break And some people were struggling to break the board with their arm, with their foot. And this man just comes flying in and headbutts it. I mean, I'm sure there's more (laughs) impressive things done, but that caught my attention. Very awesome. And I still tell my boys and my wife about that. And they're they're impressed with that as well. Founder of two non-profit organizations and four disabled sports programs. A published author. The list goes on and on and on. 10th degree black belt. We'll let him tell us more of that. Additionally, PJ has been inducted into the National Hall of Fame for People with Disabilities and was nominated to carry the Olympic torch through Tucson in 2002. Quite a long bio, but PJ, are you ready to awaken your alpha today?
1: Dude, my alpha is always ready
0: to be awakened. i say just reading your bio (laughs) awakens my alpha again today. (laughs) Is there anything you'd like to highlight or add if there's
1: anything else we missed there? What are you all about? At the moment, You know, that's a great question, right? Because there's a constant evolution. Any human being that's in a state of uh, actual living, really being conscious about their living is always growing. And so there's a constant state of evolution. So for me right now, I'm growing my speaking business, because I've been speaking since I was seven years old, I don't know anything different right? And I got um, I got into the coaching world and I like that and I believe in that. And it's fantastic to do one-on-one work with people and watch the results every week, watch them change. But I also realized that one of the things that I love the most is being on stage. And so that's my primary focus right now is that and growing a tribe for men. The men really need to regain that sense of empowerment and masculinity and realization that masculine doesn't mean um, against or opposite of uh, femininity, but rather it's the complement of the feminine and so there's a lot of men out there that are missing their power and their strength. I weigh seventy five maybe 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 on a good day like eighty five pounds mm. i'm a little dude four feet tall in my wheelchair, and yet I feel like I feel like a man, right mm. and I feel like a man because I know who I am and I know what's important to me and I know what I stand for. And when you know what you stand for, there's a power that comes from you because you're willing to stand in your power and in your strength to do what needs to be done or what you believe in. And sometimes for me, that's being as soft as I possibly can with the person that I'm talking to. That doesn't make me less of a man. It -hmm. just means that I'm touching the soft part of who I am. Love
0: it. And we're going to be digging in so much into, I love that into the sort of men's power and reclaiming that as well. We mentioned in your bio there as well, you know, your disability and obviously disability is quite a general word. And a lot of people just be listening to this. Can you explain True. like, you know, what, cause even I don't, you know, obviously you mentioned you are in a wheelchair, what was, you know, meant to take your life when you were
1: seven years old. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So, um, if you can't see me, I'm actually this tiny little dude, and I'm actually going to move around a little bit because, um, <laughs> Because I really believe that the more you actually move your body, the more life there is, okay? So I backed up a little bit. I'm a tiny little guy in a wheelchair that has a rare form of muscular dystrophy. Muscular dystrophy, for me, my form, when I was in the eighth grade, 12 years old, there were 25 people in the world that had what I had. So if I got something, I got something cool, right? I had to get something. <laughs> cool. And so a very rare form of muscular dystrophy that has caused the um, me to, my muscles to atrophy so I can no longer walk. And there's a severe curvature in my spine because mm-hmm. if you know anything about biology um, or physiology, the tendon or the muscle that lifts your knee to your chest that's right there in your hip that's called the psoas and that psoas or the hip flexor um mm-hmm. when they put me in a wheelchair it got really tight and it's it's attached to your lower lumbar, the lower part of your spine. So it literally pulls my I'm just trying to paint a visual picture for yeah. people who can't see me. I am super duper skinny right? Like literally I'm bone and skin. Hmm. Um, and then the curvature of my spine causes my pelvis to rock forward as if you're sitting in a chair, leaning forward to tie your shoes. And then about three or four or five vertebrae up into my, um, my lower lumbar. That's when I start to curve up and my, so my, my hips and my lower stomach rests in my lap. And then the rest of me curves up um, and and sort of back again so I can look up and talk to people. So yeah. funny-looking little guy, right? And like <laughs> I said, I'm like 75, 85 pounds. Um, but that doesn't stop me from living the life that I want to live. Yeah. And it doesn't stop anybody, right?
0: Yeah, we're to- obviously touching on your origins there, but – how did you get to this position of, of inner power, masculine power in them circumstances? And obviously that is a tough scenario and situation for anyone to be in, especially when you're, you know, you're young in you sort of your formative years when you're at school, you know, kids can be harsh. And also, you know, you don't know what the future holds in terms of if people are telling you, you know, you're not going to be around for long. How did you approach that? And what, what drew you to be on stage speaking about this?
1: Apparently I was a cute little kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I was about seven years old, the Muscular Dystrophy Association um, had started to like help me buy leg braces, and they met me, and they liked me, and they were looking for somebody to represent the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and at that time, little kids were a great way to um, tug at the heartstrings of yeah. people raise money. And so I started out speaking at fundraising events, at corporate board meetings, at um golf outings, at um large fundraising galas where I was on stage. I did television work, I did um uh radio stuff, magazines. So I was known around Tucson around Tucson around Columbus, Ohio where I grew up. Yeah. And um Because I was out there in the public's eye so much. And as a kid, you don't know whether you're, you know, you're just a kid. You're just a little boy. You're just a little girl. Maybe you're a tomboy, whatever, right? But you're just playing. And so I didn't really recognize my disability until I hit seventh and eighth grade. And then when the the puberty dump happened, right, and all those hormones, all of a sudden, I was painfully aware of how how physically weak I was. Mm. And in fact, I just had an epiphany recently. Um, that there was an event that occurred when I was nine years old where I was struggling, I was in pool therapy and I was struggling to actually keep my head above water. And the person who was supposed to be my pool therapist was in the back of the pool being sexually inappropriate with one of the um, women that worked outside of the pool. And I was struggling and suffering to actually just keep my head above water because I was so weak and he could care less about me. And there was this instinct inside of me that was like, I will never ever let a woman feel uh, unsafe if I get out of this pool, right? And so in that moment, there was a drive inside of me to become strong and dynamic and powerful and masculine. I didn't have these words, right? Mm. These weren't the words. The words inside of me were leave her alone don't touch her. And I couldn't get to him. I couldn't get to her. And that was something that I carried with me, I think, throughout my whole life. So in that moment, I rewired my brain to say that I would never actually let another woman feel unsafe, especially in my presence. So I learned to friend zone myself really, really quickly. All of this is relevant because I learned to friend zone myself really quickly. So when seventh and eighth grade hit, the hormones hit and you have a desire to actually get connected to a woman or to a guy or not a woman, but, you know, another, another kid, like, um, you know, a little girlfriend, little boyfriend. And that didn't happen for me. Until I started getting a little bit older and I realized that my disability was a gift to other people and I could actually friend, um, make friends with people and go deep with them. So I could pull out what was really suffering and struggling for them and help them resolve their issues and their problems. So this was a great way for me to grow up and to live. But the problem is that I sacrificed my own masculinity to make friends and connections with people. Mm. Right. And so literally, um, about,
0: what do you mean by that? You, you know, you, you said you sacrificed your own masculinity. Can you tell us a little bit more sure, about that?
1: Absolutely. So if you friend zone yourself, you don't want to make any woman feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Yeah. Right. And so you turn off your sexuality. Yeah. Right. And so I'm great at teaching women's self-defense classes because I mm. turn off all my sexuality. It's just, and of course you should anyway. Right. Um, but, um, that's one of the things that I did is I turned it off. Mm. And I always put women before me instead of being like, hey, I actually like her. Now, how yeah. do I chase her down?
0: And we all, I mean, yeah, we all know someone who's just continuing. And they, a lot of times they don't want to be in the friend zone and they don't know how to get out of it. And they always yeah. just gravitate. And then they're, they it, boom, they're in the friend zone yeah. again. And <laughs> yeah, regardless of what, they, what, what their intentions are.
1: Right. And so this is part of the, right. You asked me about like, how did I come into that masculinity as a little tiny guy? Well, first of all, that situation that happened when I was nine, like really empowered me to say that will never happen in my presence. Yep. Right. So I, I turned on the masculine to protect women. Right? So I was great at protecting women. I was great at befriending them. I was great at pulling out what was suffering or what they're, where they were suffering and struggling. I was great at helping them create connections with their partners and strengthen that relationship. Right, But I wasn't great at saying, hey, I actually like you. Mm. Um, And so that didn't come until way after college when I was at an event, and part of the event was looking at the different components of us as human beings, and one of them was our sexuality. And I said, I'm going to go stand in that section, and I realized – and this is not a condemnation to my my mom because I love my mom – when that thing happened at nine years old, like there are things that, and that wasn't really that traumatic. It wasn't that yeah. big of a deal, but it was traumatic enough that my brain rewired itself. And in that moment, I also realized that my dad, who was a, a an adopted dad, he had separated my mom and me, right? And not intentionally, but my mom and I had this beautiful, amazing connection before he came into the picture. So one of the ways that I uh, made sure that I could have that connection with her is I became super soft and kind and quiet and loving and listening, and I became the person that she would always go to when she had a problem. Right, And so the reason I say this is not in condemnation to her was because it allowed me to really connect with her. And she actually taught me so much about how to be a man and a good man and a kind man by learning to listen and make those connections with women. So I'm a better man because I got that opportunity with her. But what I realized is I also turned off my masculine and turned on my feminine or turned on that soft part that is just open and receptive and not directive and targeted. Right. So a few years ago, when I realized, holy cow, this is the problem. Right. Mm. I didn't. My masculinity is not turned on. I shut it down. I turned it on to protect, but I didn't turn it on to allow my sexuality that that um, romantic or sexual connection between men and women. I didn't let that be there because I was afraid that women would be uncomfortable. All of this happened at nine years old. Right. Mm. There are things that happen when you're um, in your life that you think, oh, it's no big deal. But if your brain keeps rehashing it and saying, Hey, remember that thing that happened when you were nine and you're like, well, yeah, I remember it, but it like, doesn't matter. It doesn't really bother me. I, you know, it's just your subconscious mind is designed to do three things. Remember, recall and reveal. And the Mm. conscious mind is designed to resolve. So the conscious mind's job is to actually initiate an open dialogue with the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind can reveal, What's inside of it and what's being bothered so we can resolve it? And this is the resolution that I had. I realized that this was a situation and a problem for me. I'd rewired my brain. And in that moment, I said, you know what, I'm going to recapture my masculinity. And in the process of recapturing my masculinity, I've been able to really actually orchestrate relationships with women in a way that actually is much more in line with me as a man and them as a woman, with me and my masculine and them and their feminine. And so it's not just about me protecting anymore. Now it's about me also saying what it is that I want and being authentic in that power and recognizing that I can still demonstrate a sexual and romantic relationship attraction to them without actually making them uncomfortable and that was something that I had to grow into and learn and I love it right I love this part of me because there's a power here now that I've never had before a Mm. real man a real warrior and there's a there's a step up and I'm stepping it up a real warrior is somebody who has the ability to be profoundly violent in the situation when they need to be. Now I don't like violence. Trust me. And I teach martial arts. But if you have to be physical, you need to be as physical as you possibly can with everything in you to this point of like Musashi, Miyamoto Musashi, the great swordsman of Japan. He said that a warrior or a samurai has the resolute acceptance of death. You are going to die. The question is, am I going to die today or am I going to die tomorrow? right and the lakota indians the lakota um warriors would say hokahe, right hokahey is like today is a good day to die right mm-hmm. and so this idea that i step into that with that willingness to die as a warrior But I also, as a warrior, as soon as the battle is done, I need to be able to become soft and turn around and pick up the baby or touch the face of the woman and make sure she's okay. You have to have, as a man, that level of flexibility. If you don't have that flexibility, then you are in a state of uh, resistance and you are limited and possibly even breakable because you don't have that flexibility. That flexibility is critical and crucial for masculine.
0: Yeah, I love the quote you mentioned there. And I actually made me think of another one might not be the same guy but it's you know it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war and yeah. I, I love that and I think what you, you're saying there was coming through as well a lot of the stuff you've been talking about in terms of what sort of molded you has been very situational yeah. was there anyone who helped awaken your alpha were you looking to the future bearing in mind you've been told you potentially wouldn't get there and what, what were your thoughts around that
1: so that's an excellent question um I would say that I'm a very typical, I was a very typical boy. I wanted to be the hero. And mm. honestly, brother, I'm 48 years old. I still want to be the hero. I'm not going <laughs> to lie about that. I <laughs> profoundly want to be the hero. Yeah. Right? I think we all do. So, we all, hey, we all got to be the hero in our own life. That's it. Right. Absolutely. And I'm always looking for the opportunity to be the hero. Um, and that means that I'm always looking for the opportunity for, um, the chance to stand up for what I believe in and for um, what's important to me. One is really my martial arts teacher's teacher. And his name, my martial arts teacher is uh, Masaki Hatsumi. Um, and his teacher um, was a, an actual real combat uh, ninja operating in the battles in the war of Japan and China and Limey. actually doing real ninja style um, operations. And the reason I look to him is because he was. A tiny little dude like five four maybe super tiny super thin like me but he was operational and nobody would have expected that um, mm. that he was an actual ninja master right and at one point my teacher um, brought someone in to interview him and they were like this is the ninja master because they wanted like hey we want to interview you since you know you're actually growing this particular Um, samurai and ninja art and he said well first you have to meet my teacher and so they took him out to meet his teacher and and of course maybe this is who knows maybe this is you know um, a folklore but I don't believe it to be Um, and he said this little guy is your teacher and Takamatsu sensei stood up and kind of motioned him to come outside and they walked across the street into a park and he punched a tree with his fingertips and left five divots in the tree and the guy was like oh (laughs) Who are you right and then he started to tell some of his story for me that's one of the people that i look up to because he's tiny he's small um he stood up against yakuza he um he stood up to protect women um nobody knew his real power um or very few people um and he was authentic and made it his real focus right like he lived that that way and to me that's one of the things that i really love and admire and respect about monks also especially buddhist monks they have this this resolve to stay committed to their path continue to practice continue to practice continue to practice so i'm not sure that i actually answered the question like you wanted (laughs) But just talking my way through it, there's where where my truth lies. The alpha male doesn't always have to be strong and dynamic and powerful. One of the most beautiful things that I ever see is when I'm in an airport between speaking gigs or traveling to, to one event after another, right? And I see a man walking and holding his son's hand or his little girl's hand or carrying his baby or holding his wife's hand and carrying the baby in the other hand. When I see a man actually being a husband and a dad. That's when I identify them as a real man. and I'm like, you know what? That's an alpha man because he's the alpha in his family and he's leading his family with love and kindness. And if he needs to turn on the warrior, he will. But if the warrior doesn't need to be turned on, why, why bring that power? It doesn't have mm. to be out. You can be soft when the time is to be soft and you can be strong when the time is to be strong.
0: You've probably highlighted quite a few of them, but what do you think are some of the key methods for a man to reclaim his masculine power? So we, we started identifying some of what is masculine power and the alpha, but how do you think, when, or what are you, some of the common ways where people lose it through life when maybe they don't, they don't need to use certain aspects of it or they feel like being the modern man, they're, they're switching off certain, like you switched off a, a key aspect for yourself. What do you think are some key methods or you found to bring that back? i would say
1: the number one thing is challenge your fears that's the very first place that that you should start and with some people when i'm coaching i'll say um release the resistance overcome the obstacles let go of the limiting beliefs but if we're talking about masculinity let's come at it with the power let's challenge those fears right let's step to the edge of that plane and jump out right let recognize that as a man that we don't often speak about our emotions as much now there's a great evolution happening now where the world is filled with men who are willing to talk about what's going on yeah. much more than say 10 or 20 or 15 or 30 years ago
0: Obviously, male suicide rate rates are so high because of that that historical that tradition of not speaking about these things and even now like you say it is getting better but it's still huge mm-hmm. um, and I can see why because it is you know most men don't talk about this sort of stuff, and especially when you're feeling crappy?
1: Well, look, if you're not talking about this stuff when you're feeling crappy, if you're not getting it out, you're allowing that toxin to be in you. You need to actually be able to throw up and get that toxin out. And throwing up can be letting go of those limiting beliefs or those feelings that you're not good enough, right? Or it can be talking it out right? But the thing about a man is you need to challenge those fears because when you challenge those fears, you actually get stronger. Women gain power by giving, right? Women are nurturers. When they nurture, they feel more empowered, more feminine, and they've got more to be able to give. They're just amazing like that. Now they can't give forever, right? They need to be given to also. They need to be nurtured too. But men gain their power by taking it, right? Mm. So that's why they fight. That's why they stand up against each other. That's why they mad dog each other, right? That's why they look each other up and down. That's why they puff up their chest. I'm going to take your power, right? And so this is is really important to recognize when there's nothing more scary than a man who won't stay down. And I should Mm. say there's nothing more scary than a person that won't stay down. But we're talking to men right now, okay? So there's nothing more scary than a man who won't stay down. So if in a fight, like, and again, I don't like violence. That's not Mm. where I'm going. So just understand this as a metaphor. Right. So if somebody knocks me down and I get up, right, they're like, oh, I'm going to knock you down again. Boom. They knock me down again. I get up a second time. Right. Now, people's minds are like, wow, that's a tough dude. Right. Get knocked down a third time. The crowd starts saying, dude, please stay down. Don't get up again. <laughs> yeah. Right. I get up again. The, the guy starts to freak out right he knocks me down again the fourth time i go down i get up on the fourth time as i'm getting up that fourth time the guy knocking me down is saying don't get up dude don't get up stay down i mean it man stay down what he's saying is i'm really afraid of you because i can't stop your power with my power you have more power than i do you have the ability to keep getting up and the only power i have is the physical ability to try and knock you down but the fact that you had this mindset this spirit this drive to get back up, that is powerful and scary. So if you are in this state where you are like, I want to reclaim some of my masculinity, challenge yourself. And I'm going to challenge every man who's listening to this to be more expressive emotionally. Talk to the woman in your life or the women in your life. Share what's going on. That's the scariest thing a man will do. A man You can put a man like, in in honor of Tom Petty, stand me up at the gates of hell and I won't back down, Mm -hmm. right? because that's what a man is made of right but one of the scariest things in the world for a man is to be vulnerable men don't do vulnerable well so I challenge you to stand up to that vulnerability and every time it scares you every time it's a scary for you to talk emotionally with your wife or your girlfriend about what's going on you don't have to like cry all the time but when you're not feeling very strong just say babe I just don't feel very strong right now like and I, I need to. I want to. I don't feel like I'm providing for you. I don't feel like I'm a good man right now. I talk it out, because when you do, that's all that a woman wants. She just wants you to share your heart. Now you don't have to be weak in her presence. Mm. Just because you're sharing doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you stronger because you're standing up to that challenge where that fear and that vulnerability and that scary part of being vulnerable because that makes us think we're weak. When you stand up and you walk through that, that vulnerability will never. Control you. That vulnerability will shift and serve you because that vulnerability will allow you to intimately connect with your partner. Not sexually, I don't mean, but I mean intimately, spiritually, and emotionally. That's important. That's power. Get back up. I don't care who you are, I don't care where you stand. Challenge your fears. Identify your fears and challenge them and push through and let yourself feel that power because I went through this phase where I didn't let myself feel that power. Because I would literally be like "Oh no that that power is like that's ego, so I have to push that down and let it go so i would I would go to martial arts class and we would do some really cool stuff and I'd be really strong, right and I would leave feeling empowered and then i 'd recognize that power and i I'd, I'd, I'd wash it away." Mm instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to feel that power and I'm going to use that power to protect. I'm going to use that power to nurture. I'm going to use that power to give. I'm going to use that power to let people see that I'm charismatic and be the leader for them so that they're inspired by me and want to be more like me so they can be more like who they really are.
0: So you may have, you probably touched on it a bit in there as well. Some of your philosophies as well. And we're going to start to wrap things up with the alpha round. So is there a particular quote, and I know you've mentioned a few, is there a particular quote that you like to live your life by or really resonates
1: with you or springs to mind when someone puts you on the spot like this? God is the breath within the breath because that's talking about stillness. That's the awareness of presence. And in the awareness of presence, you've let go of the ego that's stopping you from connecting and being vulnerable. And it's allowing you to be open and receptive and connect to things that are most important. And that's love and that's compassion.
0: Awesome. Is there a particular book, or if you could limit it to two books, that's either one you really like to pass on and gift to people, particularly around what we've been talking about, and also a book that was really impactful for you that you've read?
1: The Sacred Path of the Warrior. Okay. Shogun Trungpa, The Sacred Path of the Warrior. I'll, put that in the, I'll find it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> perfect, perfect. What I remember about that particular book and the reason that it moved me so much was because he talked about um, moving towards the light no matter what other people were trying to pull you back. And that's when I realized oh, it's my choice and I get to move in the direction that I want no matter what somebody is trying to do to me. Hold me back. Keep me weak. No. When you're in your power, everybody gets to be in their power. When you're in your light, everybody receives the light, right? This is important. A book called True Love by mm-hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh. okay? Okay. Um, And the reason I like this is because it really allows you to take ownership for how you're showing up for another human being. And if you're really a man, real men protect other people. And real men who protect other people don't just protect with their muscle. They protect with their heart and their soul and their spirit and their mind. And they stand for what they believe in. So true love allows you the opportunity to look at yourself and say, how am I showing up for another human being? Let me be the best man possible.
0: Is there a particular person, uh, and again, I can, I'll limit this to two maximum, that when I say who would be a great recommendation from your network to be interviewed on this show, who springs to mind?
1: John Lee Dumas. Because... Uh,
0: great recommendation. Done him.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. the, other one, the other one is Cole Hatter.
0: I just got him recently and I, I wanted to obviously touch next. We spoke about two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I'll put his link to his show that we interviewed yep. him recently for, we were talking about the event thrive in Vegas. Again, I'm just want to let the listeners know that you, you were there speaking and I'm glad to uh, say you, you were okay, but you were in the, was talking about you were in the
1: hotel that the, the shooter was in. I was in another hotel where Mm -hmm. there was a buffer because we were at um, the hard rock, which is not on the strip. And the reason I'm telling you this is because like, as a man, the moment the shooting started, the news was reporting that there were three, possibly four active shooters, three, possibly four different hotels. And so my training, my martial arts training, my um, weapons training, all of that, even though I can't use weapons, I have all this kind of training. Like I immediately went into this mode of, okay, protection? Where do we need to be? How do I move the people that I'm with? What is it that I can do to help? And so I immediately started assessing the situation and I knew that we were likely safe because if there were multiple shooters, it would be very unlikely initially that they would have one off the strip at the hard rock because that means that buffer that gap these people would be separated out from everybody else so if they needed something they wouldn't have their team they would be on their own so i knew that we had this buffer and this gap to keep us safe but cole on the other hand didn't he and the 20 some people that he was with grant cardone Mm uh my friend legacy um his girlfriend, these people were in the hotel during the shooting and SWAT was able to um, get them to a safe location and keep them safe until everything was contained. But let me say this. This is important. The reason I chose JLD and Cole Hatter is because there are not very many men in the world that inspire me. There are a lot of men that I look up to that I respect, that I appreciate. But John Lee Dumas and Cole Hatter inspire me. And they, and I'm almost in tears. They inspire me because they're so profoundly good and they're so profoundly true to their core integrity and they stand for, they literally are what they stand for and they are inevitably always kind and they I've never heard them say a bad thing about another human being. They are good men. They're kind to their women, and they're supportive to their fans. They're just profoundly good human beings. And these two men inspire me.
0: From my dealings with them, I, they are inspirational. I mean, John Lee Dumas was the inspiration to sort of motivate and inspiration to start this podcast. And um, fantastic, yeah. And I, was, I just just literally finishing writing the book. And Cole Hat, even though it was only a, a recent interview, he's in the book out of two hundred and fifty. So, yeah, really agree with them recommendations.
1: I'm (laughs) co-authoring a book on gratitude right now. And um, Cole is one of the first people that I mention.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Hey, great minds (laughs) think (laughs) alike. So in summing things up, what is the one question that you thought I was going to ask or you wished I'd ask and you feel like I've missed a trick?
1: What is the importance and the value of real love? And how do men learn to love? And be the best possible man they can be for the women in their lives. Oh, that's a good question. All right, Let's flip that round. <laughs> the floor right. is yours, man. So I define love as the willing exchange of oneself for oneness. the willing exchange of oneself for one And the way that you become a really good man and love your woman, as you let go of your ego and your fears and your worries and your doubts, and you look to be the greatest servant to your woman. And, You also stand your ground. So she's not the man of the house, but she is definitely the queen. And as the king, you protect. And sometimes you have to, sometimes they need you to contain them when they are struggling and are in meltdown mode. Sometimes they need you to be strong and just listen. And sometimes they need you to be strong and say, okay, we're done with that. You need to move on. And that only happens truthfully when you're in that state of alignment and when you're in that place of love where you're thinking about the relationship and the unity and the oneness of that of that union versus I'm frustrated and irritated because she's in meltdown mode. Because then you're thinking about yourself. And when you think about yourself, you create separation. Mm-hmm. And men don't separate. Men create tribes. They come together as in a unity and a oneness. One of my teachers said that the definition of a warrior is someone who stands between innocence and evil. And sometimes the women in our lives are melting down and we see it as they're being, you know, not very nice, right? But maybe there's an innocence in there that they don't actually know what's going on for them. So what if you stepped up and you just were patient? You said, babe, what's going on? Come on, let's go for a walk. Talk to me. What if you just hugged her and held her and pulled her back together, right? When she's melting down. What if you put her first because you had enough power and strength to hold the space for her to be who she is? She would love you forever. And isn't that what that's about?
0: I just want to leave it there, but I will give you again the final. What is the best way people can connect
1: with you if they want to hear more? Fantastic. So if you want to hear more right now, probably the best is... Why don't you just uh, sign up for one-on-one, right, with me? That's the best way for you to actually connect with me personally. And I will make sure that um, you have the link. It will be a link to my one-on-one 20-minute conversation. So it's called Discovering True Love Conversation. Just connect with me. Let's have a real conversation about who you are, where you are, what's going on, what's up with your relationship, why I can't get out of the friend zone, right? I like this girl, but whatever it is, like, I want to be stronger, you know, whatever it is, like, let's just connect that way.
0: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. The time has just absolutely flown. PJ, thank you so much and have a great weekend, man.
1: Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. I love you. You're an amazing human being. And honestly, I am very, very fortunate to call you my friend and brother.
0: The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Also head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review, it'll help get him off my back!